Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Fun on Weekdays podcast. I'm Jenna, and today I am joined by model, TikToker, runner, Renee. Ro- Renee? No. Holy shit, I almost just called you Renee Rowe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's classic. Glad to We're have here. you here. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. This weekend, we are hosting our 5K. And when I was thinking about who should be on the podcast this week, it only made sense that we have you. I wish you were able to come, but it's okay. We're here together now. I'm so sad. Another time. You'll have to do it again. That means. Oh, (laughs) girl, I don't know if I have the energy to do another 5K. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you'll have Um, to do it again. How many 5Ks or how many races do you do like in a year? It just kind of depends. I feel like I'm not the most strategic about planning them and being like, I don't know, a lot of people are like, hey, I'm going to be training. I'm going to do this whole thing, right? Um, And I feel like I've just kind of done whatever I feel. Like, I don't really have like a certain amount. Like I have a marathon in the fall coming up. I just did a half. Like, I'll just do whatever I feel. And I feel like that's why I love running because it's just kind of like, it's not this whole competition for me, you know, it's just like for fun. Like I love to the passion line, you know, instead of like, Oh, like I have to train, I have to eat a certain way. I have to do 15 miles on Saturday. And then like, well, I, I can't train for a week. Like I, I just like it to be fun, you know? Yeah. The same. I'm trying to make running fun. Um, <laughs> I've just never been a runner, but this year it was a personal goal. I'm like, I'm going to run a 5k this year. Because my boyfriend's family, they're like a turkey trotter family. And I'm like, ooh, if I have any future, (laughs) I need to figure out how to do that. So my goal was run a 5K. And um, as I was sharing that, like so many people are like, you need to, you need to watch Renee's videos or like join her run club or listen to her Spotify playlist. And I kid you not, I listened to your Spotify playlist and I ran like a mile and a half and I was feeling good. I'm like, I can usually only do maybe three minutes without, without stopping. So (laughs) it must, it must be. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Well, for today's episode, I just wanted to like get to know you more and have people just like kind of hear all about how you got started with TikTok and modeling and running all things just like life related. So you're from Utah. Yes. From born and raised in Utah. Okay. Where at in Utah? Okay. In Provo, Utah. So a lot of you might know like BYU. It's a college town. I was born and raised there. Um, Yeah. And then just kind of from there when I was 17 I graduated high school early and I moved to LA I was like I'm gonna be a model I'm gonna do it I didn't really have a plan um I had an agency out there so it was super exciting and I just kind of went for it I don't even think looking back if I would have known what it would have taken to like kind of do the route that I did I honestly don't think I would have done it again because it was so mentally like hard (laughs) but like that was kind of like the journey of it all, you know, it started there and kind of just growing up in like that town that something made me just be like, I want to get out. I want to do something else. So just kind of did it. When you moved to LA with your management agency, you had signed as a model before moving to LA, correct? Correct. Yeah. So I had, I had a modeling, uh, what do they call a uh, mother agent in Utah who is okay. very like well known um everyone loves her she does a great job and I trusted her she's still like a second mom to me I'm still with her um her name is Naya shout out to her she's amazing and she kind of just like set me up with um visits with agencies in LA I think it was like 12 agencies I 
met with in LA modeling agencies. And, um, eight of them said no passed on me and four of them said yes. And we kind of picked the best one. And that was Wilmina and been with them ever since. Yeah. That's crazy. Wilmina is like, everyone knows Wilmina. <laughs> that's They're awesome. amazing. They're super awesome. I love them and I couldn't see myself being with anyone else. So when you were going through and you're trying to find representation, like what were some of the questions you were asking yourself? Um, as like anybody who might be interested pursuing modeling and like things that you should know or look for in an agency? That's a really good question, Jenna. Um, gosh, I mean, I think them, okay. So the first red flag I will say about any agency, if they tell you, you have to take like a model class or you have to like spend all this money to like go do this training. I feel like that's the first red flag. Like no legitimate model agency would ever have you do that. There's no training. Like sure there's like model camps and stuff and you know, different areas. Uh, I've never done that, but I don't think that's required. And I feel like if an uh, agency is telling you, you need to do that or pay like a couple grand up front to do something like that, it's probably like not a good sign. Um, and so kind of just feeling out like, and just like hearing from other girls who are with these agencies, how do you like them? Do they pay out like money on time? You know, have you been booking jobs? Um, the thing about having a modeling agency and especially in LA, there's so many, number one and number two, a lot of them are amazing. And a part of me was like, there's two different routes we can go. We can do a boutique agency, which is a smaller agency and they have, you know, less girls but they focus directly on you or we can have a really big agency, you know, Ford, Wilmina, IMG. Um, and you're with a big name. That's super awesome. But it's like, there's tons of girls on the roster, you know? So are you going to be even like, my worry was like, am I even going to be taken care of? Are they going to even notice me, you know, as I'm starting out, am I even like a priority? You know, I'm not making this money, like uh, starting out, obviously. So that was kind of like the worries that went through my head, you know, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, totally. I don't, I can't really, yeah. <laughs> Never been in that position. no, I know. I mean, but, that's like a whole, po- like that's a whole podcast deep of yeah. just like, you know, modeling world. But, um, yeah, so it's funny that you say that about like taking classes or workshops or whatever. I, um, shared this before. I don't know where, but somewhere when I was in college, I was like desperate. I just always gravitate yeah. towards like whatever I can do to make money. I'm going to do it. And oh. I knew this girl and she had been modeling for Rue 21 out of this agency that represented like Cleveland and Pittsburgh. And I had just gone out of a relationship for a minute and I was like feeling myself. I'm like, I could do that. You know, like they need a petite model. I'm five, three. I feel like I'm short enough to do it. Just do print. So I go to this, um, it wasn't like an open casting. I don't even know what it was, to be honest. It was like a presentation where you could come, you could learn about the agency. And so we sat down and we sat on different sides of the aisle, almost like a wedding. And when they started the presentation, they started with a little mini fashion show, like a runway. And um, it was really freaking weird. And then after they did a presentation of all of the commercial print photo shoots that they've booked for their talent. So like websites and then commercials. And it was funny because one of the commercials I think was like for a toothpaste company and the guy was in it. I kid you not for like five seconds. And um, after the whole thing, they're like, yeah, you can get started right away. It's $1,500 to enroll in our workshop. And it was just wild. My parents came with me because they're like, you're not going to this. This has to be some type of like, you know, catch to get young girls (laughs) to go alone. So they came and 
were like, yeah, this is such a gimmick. Like <laughs> it ended up being a really funny story to tell, but I yes. understand how people are probably really vulnerable looking for guidance. And when someone in power is telling you that you need to take workshop classes and then you can be the next big thing, then like, you're going to believe it. I know I I've had a situation like that too. I, I honestly like forget this memory a lot and I'll make it quick. But when I was 13, I really wanted to model and we were in New York at the time. And somehow like my parents had reached out to this, like we were at gap shopping at gap and my parents had reached out to this like email that like gap had on their website or something like Anyways, it was a scam, but like somehow I met up with this girl and my parents like dropped me off in Utah and I was like at the local mall with her. And when my parents dropped me off, like they looked up her name on Google and she'd been arrested and, and like all this stuff and she was a scammer. And so I remember being at the mall with this lady and this lady's like, you're going to model for free people, Urban Outfitters. We're oh. going to make it all come true for you. And I was just like beaming, like so excited. And my parents are blowing up my phone like, hey, there's an emergency. Like we have to go. Like, where are you? And I was just like, I can't. Like, I have to do this. I'm going to be a model. Like, you know, <laughs> my parents are like, no, no, this is, there's an emergency. Like, we need to come pick you up. Where are you? And they got me and they picked me up and they're like, dude, you could have been like traffic. Like, we yeah. don't know who that girl is. And like, we should have looked into it. But like the second we dropped you off, we had a feeling. And like, I still think about it to this day. Like she was an actual scammer. Like, <laughs> yeah, that is crazy. Well, yeah, luckily so you're okay. Luckily you're safe, but it makes me wonder how many oh, other yeah. girls like were vulnerable in that position, but also how did they get that on gap? It was on the gap website. Like. I know. I'm like, I don't even know. Maybe that was like a fake gap website. I don't know what happened. I mean, it was so long ago. I was 13. So almost like 10 years ago, but, yeah. um, it's like, there's so many situations like that. And I get DMS all the time. And I always will tell people go to models.com. And that's like, that's like the official website and go and it'll show you all the legitimate agencies that like have been ranked and rated. And that's how you really determine like, is this agency the thing you could do is get with an agency that's like, corrupt or you know scammers or I don't know like what it could be part of but you just really can't trust anything these days you know yeah definitely I mean unfortunately I always want to think that everybody has your best interest at heart but it's definitely just not true and especially like with social media and the internet nowadays I mean you can fake anything it's so easy to do that yeah 100 percent. it's really scary so you mentioned when you were 13 you went to New York and that's when you decided you wanted to be a model yeah so it kind of well, it kind of actually sprouted from my best friend who I'm still friends with today. Um, she was like signed as a model from this mother agent that I mentioned earlier. And I kind of just weaseled my way in there. Like I submitted <laughs> myself, like I kind of noticed that I wanted to do that, like modeling thing when I was 13, when that whole thing happened, I let that dream go for a while. Cause I like thought I almost got scammed and that was just scary. And my parents were just terrified for good reason. But years later as I got into high school and my friend, you know, and I became really close. Um, I saw that she was a model. She was going to LA to like do these like, you know, shoots and her older sister was a model and, um, their family like was really close to mine. And so my parents trusted them and eventually got in contact with the mother agent in Salt Lake, who I mentioned earlier, um, and just signed with her. And then she placed me around the U S so, she eventually did place me in LA with Wilmina and then that um, turned into Wilmina, New York and Wilmina, Wilmina, Miami. Um, so that's kind of where we're at. Girl, you are like, tri. what is that called? Tri-coastal. You're like all over, you're <laughs> everywhere. So modeling came first, modeling came first yeah. and then social media. So what kind yeah. of modeling did you start off with when you first signed? Um, 
I would do like just a lot of um honestly econ it's called ecom but it's like just commercial so like the girl on the website that's me yeah. um and I and I still do a lot of that like I've done some cool campaigns um but I actually and I know like no other model would probably say this, but I actually love e-com. Like I love being the girl on the website because one, it pays well. And I think like campaign obviously pays the best. Like you're on a billboard or you're on like a big, you know, something. Um, the usage rights on that are, you know, a lot. So the campaign is much more um, like interesting, obviously. But I really like e-com because it's consistent, you know, like you think these big brands, you know, let's say free people, they have new stuff coming out all the time. They need, you know, someone to shoot every week, multiple girls. And so it's like, that's where I felt like I could make the most money. And that's what I, you know, was trying to do at the age of 18. And so that's kind of where I started. And I still love it. Like I love doing e-com and lookbook and um, campaign and stuff. So that's just kind of where I started. And I still honestly love to do e-com. It's almost back to school season, and I know so many of our Fun on Weekdays girls are teachers or students. If you follow us on Fun on Weekdays Instagram, I'm doing a giveaway soon to help clear teacher storefronts and get people ready for back to school season. Macy's is also running back to school specials with denim, jackets, activewear, shoes, tops, all for 40 to 50% off until Sunday, July 23rd. So head to Macy's.com and check out my landing page at Macy's.com forward slash F-O-W. So if we're shopping, where can we find photos of you online? Are you on free people? <laughs> I'm not. No, I, I just use them as a reference because I love free people. But um, where I am I on? People. I'm on Patagonia, um, Ruka, Volcom. Um, I do. I feel like a lot of the surf skate brands vibe American Eagle, Outdoor Voices. Um, so those are just kind of some of the clients I've worked with lately. But um, yeah, I love it. I love kind of like the athletic leisure vibes. I feel like that's been what I've kind of catered to. Mm -hmm. And my look has been used for. Um, so, and I love it. I'm fine with that. I never really wanted to honestly do runway. And I don't think that I'm really interested in doing runway. Really? Um, I feel like you'd crush it. No. No, I would start skipping or like running or something on that runway. Like I would do it wrong. I know it, but my posture is horrible. Like I, I feel like I would just screw it up. I don't know. And I don't know. I'm just not really, I don't know, Jetta. Like I'm not, not, not that I don't like high fashion brands. Like I obviously love like nice stuff, nice brands, nice purses, nice bags. Like I love that, but I'm not necessarily like, I don't know. Like I want to be elevated as a model, but I still think I would rather be like, you know, on a hike and free people movement, like where, you know, I don't want to be like in Gucci walking down a runway. Like that's not really my vibe. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the brands that you listed that you work with frequently is just more of your lifestyle. It feels more like an extension of your day to day. So it feels probably more natural. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I can and understand that. I obviously, yeah. And I would turn down a great opportunity, obviously, you know, it's not like I'm going to say no. If like Louis Vuitton's like, Hey, do you want to walk on our 2024 spring campaign? Like, obviously I would do it, but <laughs> it's not something that I'm going to like, you know, be trying to go to castings and sit at the New York fashion week shows. Like, I just, I don't know. I'm not interested in that for some reason. Yeah. And maybe, maybe that's bad, but no, I don't think that's bad you know. at all. I think people would be 
like happy to hear that because when you think about being a model, you oftentimes think about like the most designer brands in the world. And like, that is what you view is as success. But I, I mean, that idea of success changes for everyone. So I'm glad to hear that you're like very happy with what you're doing. You seem like you're crushing it. Um, so you do modeling full time and then social media is a side thing. So how did social media come into play? Yeah. So, wow. So 2020, like pandemic, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, that was everyone. Summer, like, <laughs> March, 2020, like everything shuts down. I'm in LA, you know, I have to go back to Utah because like nothing's going on in LA. I keep my apartment there. I keep my car there. All my stuff's there. But I'm like, I'm just going to ho- go home to my parents' house. Like I have nothing to do. Um, nothing's going on here. Like LA was really um, scary. And there was like um, just a lot of things going on. Um, so I just left and I went back to Utah, whatever. So I was kind of living in like this fake reality for a while. And so just like, how do I like fill my time? I was going to school online. Like I just felt like I was bored and like life was stagnant. So I was like, I'm going to get on TikTok. Like Mm -hmm. I had had a TikTok, but I was like, I'm going to post three times a day. Like what's going to happen if I post three times a day? And I, like I said, I had it, I had posted since like July or since like 2019, but I hadn't really like utilized it. So I was like, I'm just going to see, like, no one really knew where TikTok was going. You know, it was kind of like the hype house and like all those, you know, you know, Charlie and Addison, and you know, it was just like that exciting time, you know, of people, you know, blowing up. And so I was just like, I'm just going to go on and, you know, see what happens. So I posted three times a day and I just like made that a goal. And I look back at those videos, Jenna, they are so cringy. I had no (laughs) idea what I was doing. And I tell Connor, my husband, all the time, I'm like, if I could have just like made vlogs back then, imagine where I would be at now. But I was making like weird little trends and dances and just being silly. And um, I obviously didn't know what I was doing, but who did? No one knew what was going to happen. Um, no, I get but it. I mean, I, oh, no, yeah. sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Keep going. <laughs> no, 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 go for it. Literally go for it. I was it. just going to say at the very start, vlogs were not a thing like vlogs were for YouTube and trends were for TikTok. It just wasn't a thing. So a lot of people yeah. I feel like started blowing up because you would do a dance or a filter or something or some type of transition. And that's how people initially started gaining following on TikTok. And then I think people started getting bored of that. And then it was more so of like a lot of people were on there and a lot of people just started to kind of share more lifestyle stuff. And maybe that's where vlogs came about. But I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah. So many of my TikToks, I, even from yesterday, even from earlier today, I post it and I can't watch it again because I'm like, that is so embarrassing. <laughs> Literally, even like six months ago, I'm like, I'm a different person now. And yeah, no, 100%. I totally feel you. Um, yeah, that's so yeah, I just posted and was consistent and tried to make these little day in the lives like back in 2020, 2021 throughout 2022. And I just was consistent. And I, I tell everyone that with TikTok and stuff, like, I think it's less about like what you're posting and the fact that you're consistent, because if you're posting three or four times a day, like there's very few people who do that, even who have millions of followers, you know, like if you're posting three or four times a day, like that is so many times a day to be posting, you're eventually going to get, you know, your videos blasted out to, you know, a good majority of people. So I just started doing that. And just, I honestly never thought of it as like, a job actually I just like enjoyed it and loved making videos like when I was younger I loved making videos on like video star I don't know if you remember that or like Vimeo like I loved making videos so fun so um just kind of like put that you know put that to work and just did it 
<laughs> Did you ever make those stop motion videos on your webcam where you would take a ton of photos and then you put it together to music? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That yes. was like the it thing to do. I think when I was in maybe seventh grade, I used to make them all the time and they were so bad, but I, I guess I always loved making videos. Just it's crazy how they've evolved over, over the years, how the trend has gone from that to TikTok dances to now like vlogs. And now pretty much just anything and everything is on the internet. I mean, a lot of times people use TikTok as their form of Google, instead of looking for an answer on Google, you just, you type it into TikTok, you find a video, a tutorial, how to do it. So it's definitely yeah. been like awesome and in a lucrative way for people to make money. So when you compare modeling and TikTok or social media, would you say that you're still making majority of your income from modeling or is it kind of like evened out? Dude, that's a really interesting question. Um, I feel like as of lately, it's definitely been social media, which okay. has been an interesting kind of like transition. Like modeling is awesome. I, you know, I find a lot of like happiness in it, like meeting a whole new team every day, having a nine to five almost like it really is almost like a nine to five. You're there nine to five or maybe even later or whatever. But um, you meet a whole new team. You get to just like interact with people. It's really fun, you know, meeting these brands that you grew up wearing, you know? So, yeah. but I feel like with social media, like it, there's just, um, in a way, like, I, I don't know, there's more money and in influence, I guess. And kind of like repping a brand that way. And that's, what's also be, been cool about social media is because I've been able to work with brands that like, I never got to work with modeling. You know what I mean? Like I just did a event with Hoka or not an event. It wasn't my event, but I attended an event with Hoka or like I attended Hoka's event in LA. Like they did a, <laughs> uh, like a four and I attended it and it was like crazy. I mean, like everyone knows I have 24 pairs of Hoka's. That's like my thing. That's my personality. Like I love them. And I, I feel like I would have never just like modeled for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Social so, media allows you so many new opportunities that you would have never been able to reach beforehand because you have a, a, a huge platform where people now like yeah. see your face and they associate you to these brands. And it's not just seeing you on a website. It's like seeing your personality with you then in the same clothes from the website. It just makes it like a lot more human. Would you say that social media has in turn provided more opportunities for modeling then? A hundred percent because- I feel like people like on the social team of a brand will see my account and be like, oh, she models like mm -hmm. she's with Wilmina. Let me reach out to her e agent. And then they're like, oh, like, would she be interested in doing like it kind of like just goes together. Like okay. somehow they just like help each other out. Um, and it's been interesting because when I got married, actually, we moved back to Utah, which was like my worst nightmare. Like I did not <laughs> want to go back to Utah, but um, not because I don't like it. I just like was in my groove in L.A. And I was, you know, doing the thing, doing the, doing the model things. And so when we moved back to Utah, because my husband got a really good opportunity here that we couldn't pass up. Um, so we kept our apartment in LA or like always kept a room in LA. I was renting it out from someone, one of my friends or something, but like our home base became Utah. And that was like one of the hardest like battles because I, I had to travel every week to LA or, and I still do like I'm on the plane twice a week, if not more. And it's like, honestly, this month has been like less, like I haven't traveled that much, which is like for work, which has been nice, but I travel a lot and it it's hard on me. And it literally is like so taxing, you know, um, like traveling twice a week and that might seem fun, but it was nice to just live in LA and be able to drive to my castings, drive to my work, you know? Yeah. And so being in Utah and like living here, um, 
I've kind of gotten out of my uh, like model like groove, you know, okay. and like been going, waking up, going to two castings and then, you know, um, but in a way I kind of, am fine with it. I love, you know, waking up and going on a run. I love my friends here. I love my family here. You know, it's, it's also home here too. And at the end of the day, I really just need like my people and my husband. And that's all that really matters. Like, I don't really care where I am. I could live in, you know, the middle of nowhere. I could live in the Midwest. I don't care. Like I will be happy wherever, you know, we love the Midwest. I'm from Ohio. I love the Midwest. I'm sorry. My husband grew up in Ohio and that's where you grew up, right? Where did he grow up? Um, in Mason. So in since like by Cincinnati. Okay. Okay. So Cincinnati yeah. is the very yeah. bottom of Ohio. Um, and I grew up yeah. on the very top outside of Cleveland. So I'm like along the great lake, okay. but yeah, I mean, I love going yeah. back to Ohio in the summer. Like right now, I I would love to go home and visit my family, but in the winter, that that is where you lose me. You can't you can't find me in the winter in Ohio except for Christmas. I'll go back for a week and then it's it's too cold. But I do love the Midwest. <laughs> yeah. I honestly do. Like I would I told Connor like I would raise my kids in the Midwest. I would raise them in the South. Like I would raise my kids anywhere. I'd like I feel like you always can find community if you look for it and you're genuine and authentic to yourself. And like, that's not really, you know, I would just live anywhere. So we are probably going to be moving back to um, Southern California anyway. So it'll be fine. It'll all work out. Oh, that's exciting. Is that some sometime soon? Um, I mean, if all things go to plan end of the year. Okay. So I guess kind of soon. Yeah, um, that is and soon. It's not, I guess it's not official official, but like, it's kind of been in our plans and I'm like 90% sure. So I haven't even told anyone that honestly. So yeah. you're the first to know. Surprise, <laughs> you just told thousands of people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's exciting yeah. for you. So you mentioned your, your husband, Connor. Yes. Yes. So he is also from Ohio. His name is also Connor. I also kind of feel like he looks like my boyfriend, Connor, and they both have a hydration, um, like supplement company too. Okay. Yeah. So it's actually not hydration, but okay. close. Like it looks, it looks exactly like liquid IV. And so a lot of people think that, but, and you can cut that part out if you want, but okay. it's <laughs> okay. like no free promotion for liquid IV on here. Waterboy and yeah. what's your husband's company? It's Nello, 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 Waterboy and Nello only. <laughs> so, no, it's so funny. Cause a lot of people think that it's like liquid IV, but it's not, it's super, it's called super calm. Like I'm looking at it right now, but it's just like, it's essentially like a little drink mix, like anti-anxiety, like stick pack. Like you okay. put it in your water, it has L-theanine, ashwagandha, like magnesium, like all that good stuff, vitamin D3. So it's just, it's called super calm. It just like, chills you out. I, I personally take it like every day. Cause I drink a ton of caffeine. If you know me, I love my caffeine. I love my energy drinks. So I always take super calm after because I still want to take my caffeine, but I don't want like the nervous jitteries, like anxiousness after, you know? Yeah. No, I, I get that too. There's something about going and getting a coffee or like going yeah. to Target and getting an Alani new. I don't know what it is. It's the action itself. It's not, yes. it. it's not the flavor. It's just the action of getting yeah. a drink that I love and I have to do it every day. Um, but yeah, I need to try Nello. Yeah. It's, Nello. it's the best. Yeah. Super calm. Um, but like the brand is Nello, but the, um, like the actual, I like the, it, it's called super calm. Like oh, we'll so probably cool. add more skew okay. under Nello. So Nello's like the brand and gotcha. like the product is super, if that makes yeah. sense. I super feel like cool. I haven't done a good job explaining that. 
no, you did. That just clarified everything. We got it. We're good. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to try super calm. Um, so I feel like they're pretty similar. The boys need to meet, but how did you know we need to do like a double date? Yeah. Yeah. We're about to move actually next week. And I think I've invited every single person that I've talked to for the past month. I'm like, come to our housewarming, like come, you should come visit. If everybody actually did come visit, we would, my house would be booked for the whole month. Like there would be someone staying there every night. And I would love that. That's like, I love when people come and visit. I love to host. So you're ever in Austin again, you're more than welcome, but I'll let you know run club round two. Let's do it. Yeah, I know. I was so, I was so sad. I missed the first one. Um, so when did you two meet? And then you just got married like somewhat recently. Yeah. Yeah. So when I, we met when I was down. So when I was down in LA that summer, um, when I moved there and everything, um, I was dating around for a while. Um, and that was, that was fun. That was great. Whatever. Um, and Connor was just like a, like a friend that I had met like from mutual friends. Cause he played football. Um, after he graduated high school in Ohio, he came to Provo and went to BYU and he played football at BYU. So he did that whole thing. So I kind of like knew of him, but just like, I, so to clarify, I'm a member of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Some people call us Mormons. Um, so anyone in that space, like anyone who's a member of the church, like everyone just kind of knows each other, especially outside of Utah. Cause there's such a little population. And so, um, like I knew like, Oh, Connor, no, he's in orange County, whatever. So we kind of went on dates. We were friends, but it wasn't anything like serious. Like at first, um, like he was someone like the first time we went on our first date, I was like, he's someone. And I wrote it in my journal. He's someone that I could see myself like hanging out with forever. I want him in my life forever. I don't know how, but I do. Um, but I thought it was important that I kind of get myself straight first. And I kind of like live a little before I even like get attached to anything or anyone. Um, and so, you know, I had, um, another boyfriend and then another boyfriend after that. And then, <laughs> and then another- and that was fun. <laughs> that, was great. that was experience, you know, and I think that everyone needs to go through that, you know? Um, but Connor was someone that stayed, um, we always talked about like business ideas and he's like a marketing genius. Like he is like the, like Google ads, Facebook ads, like any of that stuff, like that's him. So we would always, I would always talk to him about just like anything marketing wise or anything to do with social media. Like we would just always talk, um, about that. And I just loved like just talking with him. Like it was like, we were friends. It wasn't like, Oh, I can't wait to like hang out later. And like, kiss or whatever it was like no like I just like I really love just hanging out with him so we were just friends whatever and I had a couple boyfriends whatever I came back to Utah one weekend and it was totally random I was just back here with one of my friends showing my one of my LA friends Utah she came up with me and um it was around Valentine's Day whatever and I decided to invite everyone I knew from my hometown to classic skating which is like this roller skating rink so I was like, everyone come to the roller skating rink. We're all hanging out. I'm back in town for the weekend. Like, (laughs) let's just go to the roller skating, whatever. And I, like I told you, I didn't know that Connor was, um, I didn't know that he was back in Utah. I thought he still lived in Orange County. Like I hadn't really kept tabs with him at the time because I was just seeing other people. Um, And all of a sudden, like I'm at the roller skating rink. I'm with kind of like all these guys I used to know, like whatever. I'm having the time of my life. And all of a sudden I see Connor walk in and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, what's he doing here? I didn't invite him. I didn't tell him to come here. Like, why is he here? It was just like a random Friday night. And I go up to him. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I broke 
I broke up with so-and-so because he knew I was like dating someone kind of. I was like, I broke up with so-and-so. And he's like, what? I'm so happy I could kiss me right now. And I was like, okay, should that's you? it. Let's go. <laughs> You're like, should like, you let's go on a kind of like, should we? No, we hung out that whole night. We roller skated that whole night. It was so fun. It was just like hanging out with your literal best friend. And I felt like he had kind of always like been the one kind of initiating everything and being like, let's hang out. Let's go to Disneyland. Let's go to this. And I was just like, I can't, sorry, like whatever. And so I was like, I'm going to take you out. So that next night I took him out. We went to Park City, which is like this um, like ski town in Utah. And it was super fun. It was super fun. And we had like a, a blast. And I was just like, he's someone I want to hang out with for forever. And we just never stopped hanging out. So that's kind of what happened. And this was in 20, 2019 into 2020. Then you started dating later yep. in 2020. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So we started. So this was like when all this, this happened where we were Um, and that's kind of where everything really happened. And we started dating, uh, like I think it was March 19th, 2020, which as everyone knows, that was literally the day that everything went to like literal, like everything oh went God. to hell. Like yeah, so was, you guys just started dating at the beginning of COVID. And so then how did that affect y'all's relationship? Were you living together? Were you separate during quarantine period? Or like, because, you know, people say if you're dating during COVID, you either like split up or yeah. or you get married. <laughs> yeah, so we actually, um, we dated for a year and a half, which I thought was great because that was like in and out of quarantine. But for the 2020 like era, while like, quarantine lockdown everything was going on I was at my parents house they live in Utah they live in Provo Utah and he was living in Provo Utah in a house in Provo so we just hung out every day it was amazing it was like the best thing ever once June 2020 July 2020 rolls around I have to go back to work like work is in LA I have to go back so I'm flying every other weekend or he's flying every other weekend to come see me so we would not go a weekend without seeing each other and it was amazing like I like would just we would book a ton of flights in advance super cheap you know $50 one way or whatever and just come see each other I mean Salt Lake and um Utah and Salt Lake Utah and uh LA are really not that far from each other it's like an hour flight so we would seriously see each other every weekend and if not you know we would just somehow make it work like it just always somehow made it work and we did that for a year and a half and then yeah we got married yeah that's so exciting. So when did you guys get engaged? And then when did you get married? So we got engaged um, May 28th, 2021. And we got married September 4th, 2021. So we were engaged for about six months. Oh my God, girl. How did you plan that so quick? That's crazy. <laughs> it was a disaster. Like it was so crazy. Wow. It was insane. Um, It was literally insane. It was crazy. But my mother-in-law, Connor's mom, is so amazing. And she's like an interior design, interior designer, like queen. And so she just like, she, not interior design, sorry. I messed up. Screw, sorry. She's a, what is the word? She's like a planner. Yes, she's like a planner. Like, and she, and she also is great with like design and stuff. Like she worked at anthropology. She worked at like party bar. Like she loves that stuff. So she literally like nitty gritty, like planned everything. Like she, and I was just like, please take control because I didn't want to <laughs> take control. Like I didn't care. I, I wasn't the classic, like, oh, I want everything micromanaged. Like, I actually didn't even care, Jenna. I showed up on my wedding day and I was like, no one can ruin this. I'm gonna have the best day of my life. I don't care if something looks weird or something's like off or someone's not coming. Couldn't care less. We're having the best day ever. And it was. I love to hear that. So it's been, it's been like a year 
and a half now trying to do that. Yeah. 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 And how old are you now? I am 22. So I got married when I was 20. Oh my God. That's crazy. Okay. So I have some questions around it. What do people say, or like, what were people's reactions when you said that you were getting married? Like, did people judge you at (laughs) all? Were people like, Oh my God, you need to wait like until you're a little bit older or what, what was the response? Yeah. So in our church, sorry, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) I'm like kind of sick right now in our church culture. Um, people like will often get married after like three months. So like everyone was kind of like, what are you guys doing? Like, why haven't you gotten married yet? So I would say we waited a good amount of time, like for our kind of the culture that we live in. Um, but I honestly, like I would have married him sooner. It was just like the back and forth, the COVID, like there's so many moving pieces to our relationship that were just like, kind of like hard to figure out like, okay, so you're like long distance now, but you guys were just with each other every single day since COVID. And now you're long distance. Like there was a lot of like weird stuff going on. I feel like with just like those changes. And so like, I thought it was good that we like dated that long and I wouldn't have had it any other way. Like, honestly, like it was amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that people like saw it coming for sure. I was like, you know, when you're like, this is going to be my biggest heartbreak or I'm going to marry this person. It was kind of that vibe. (laughs) But I was also like, I was like on my hands and knees praying like, every single day I remember like God if this is not the one for me can you please let him like like can we just like break apart now so I don't have to deal with this like I know it's gonna hurt mm-hmm. and so I I was open you know with like you know God and like I am I would call myself a religious person and so I um I was open you know to be like I'm gonna like put this in the Lord's hands and um whatever he sees fit but I really wanted it to be him you know mm-hmm. and it was is he so. part of the, is he part of your church as well? Yeah. Yes. yeah oh is. my gosh. Wait, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so what are some, what are some misconceptions about the Mormon church? <laughs> <laughs> like so, dying to know. Um, yeah. So some people think that we have multiple wives, like we practice polygamy, which is <laughs> very illegal. Um, <laughs> That was something that was practiced in the very early 1800s when, I mean, it's a very long story, but essentially like people needed to get across the America, like they were going from like Kirkland, Ohio to Utah. And there was a lot of just widows. And so men would marry, provide for them to get like their families and their children across like the plains, like across America. So, and then it was shortly outlawed after that. So it was never like what you think it might be in today's world. Mm -hmm. um but yeah so people think people think oh yeah like they have multiple wives not true so I was curious if like your wardrobe or what you have to wear for modeling gigs or anything ever kind of conflicts with your church's beliefs at all yeah so um there's definitely like a big um a big influence of modesty in the church but and I didn't so it's different because like when you when you go through so we get married in something called a temple like we get married in the temple. That's just like, um, I don't know how to explain. Let's see. Yeah. So we get married in the temple. And once you go through the temple, you dress modestly. Um, and when I say modestly, like it's like mid thigh to, you know, shoulders or whatever. Um, and that's never been really something that's like been hard for me. Like I, I think of it as like, Hey, when I'm modeling, when I'm working out, whatever, like when I'm at the pool, when I'm on vacation, like it's whatever. But when I'm in my everyday, like I get dressed for the day, like I'm sitting, I'm sitting here talking with you. Like 
I will try my best to be modest. You know, I don't really like, and I think that everyone is like totally can do whatever they want. And modest is, that's the other thing too. Like people always come up my TikTok, like, but you said like, that's not modest. And like, you said you dress modest. So like, why are you a hypocrite? I'm like, modesty looks different to everyone. Okay. Like you can't tell someone what modesty is. Like everyone feels differently about that. And that's okay. Like let anyone feel like they can do whatever they want. You know, everyone has their free agency. And so I just don't really find it hard to like, I don't know now that I'm married and I'm just like, I don't, I, I like dressing modest, honestly. Like it, it gives me a oddly, like a good confidence boost. Like I like dressing modest, uh-huh. you know? That's good. That's good to hear. Well, I'm glad. Um, those are just like a couple questions that I had, but since we yeah. were talking about the 5k and running and everything, I wanted to ask <laughs> you a few questions about running. Um, yeah. I saw a video and you said, correct me if I'm wrong, that your husband Connor is the one that like really encouraged you and got you into running. Yeah. Yeah. So my husband, Connor, he, when we kind of, no, you didn't. You didn't. Oh, okay. I, don't think- I was like, I keep having no. to correct myself because I keep wanting to say <laughs> <you're> that. Yeah. <laughs> but your husband. No. Yeah. Um, so he was training for an ultra marathon while we were dating and what he did it. That? It's a hundred miles. That sounds horrible. You couldn't pay me a hundred thousand dollars to do that. No, you, dude, you can pay me a million dollars. Trust me. Like after watching what he went through, I'm not kidding you. You could actually have a million dollars in front of me and I would say no. Like I, I like part of his crew who like crewed him. That's what it's called. Like you crew them. I don't know. I don't know why it's called that, but, (laughs) um, I, I was there like through it all. I slept while he was running, you know, I met him at every aid station, you know, every mile point, whatever, like I would never want to see someone go through that again. And I would never want to do it myself, Mm -hmm. but yeah. He was definitely the one who inspired me. I did not grow up athletic. I did not grow up sporty. I did not do any physical activity. I was the least sporty, least athletic person. And I I still think I am like a little bit on the unathletic side, but I can run. So I'm like, I can run. Don't tell me to like balance on a balance beam, but like I can run. Like, okay. you know what I mean? Um, and so train and he'd be like just run like two miles with me and I was like I can't even run a quarter of a mile he's like just try and so I would do it and then he would like like low-key lie and it'd be like two miles and we're already two miles out out and I'm like okay well we have to go back and so he's like yeah so it'll be like four miles and I'm like okay no do that you know so he would like do these little mind games with me to like you know push me a little further because honestly and a lot of people might not like that, but he was the first person in my whole entire life who would ever push me. Um, my parents like did not push me in any way. And like, obviously like I have a great relationship with my parents. Like I would tell them the, to this to their face. Like they just like love to baby me and just like keep me coddled and safe. But um, yeah, Connor was the first person to really push me. And it was so like motivating and empowering. And that was the first time that I was like, I actually like being pushed. I actually like working hard. Like I love like, you know, getting out of my comfort zone. So yeah, it was all him, honestly. Oh, we all, we owe it all to Connor. I wish my Connor would, <laughs> would be the one that got me into running, but we both don't like it. So it's like a, it's a lose, lose here. <laughs> we're trying though. We're trying. So, um, so you started running like a couple years ago then, cause you all have been married since 2021. Um, yeah. So now building like this community and now sharing running and everything on TikTok has led you to these running groups. So how did that come about? Dude, I honestly, 
because I'm not like you, Jenna. Like I don't have like I, I feel like you have mastered the vest no. and just no, like, no, no I haven't. Have. You have. You've done a freaking amazing job at it. Like you've branded it. You just know what you're doing. It's amazing. It's awesome. Like you should be very proud of yourself. Um, but I kind of don't know what I'm doing. I just like started a like another second like Instagram, and I was like, "Look, mm -hmm. I'm gonna do a run club and see what happens." And it just got traction. Like it had a couple hundred followers, and then all of a sudden it had like thousands of requests and I was like okay I'm gonna hire my best friend to help me and then all of a sudden like I would post about it a bit more and then I actually did the run club like once twice three times and then like there became it went from like 10 people to 25 to 50 to 70 to 100 and then it was like 300 and I was like oh my gosh I can't do this okay and so I was like I need to hire three more people and so I have three let's see me and four others on the running account, like accepting requests, DMing people, you know, back who are just like, why am I not getting into the run club? So it's a very like, and it seems like it's very like exclusive. It's not, it's not exclusive. It's safe and secure. And that's something that's always going to be top priority for me. Like as someone who has a platform and like has girls coming to a run club that are, you know, any age, I don't know what age they are. I can't verify that. And that's not really my place to tell them when they can or can't come. Like, I can't take the risk of like some creepy man being there, you know? Oh, okay. so, so, so on your Instagram page, then that you have to vet through all of the people that join it, yeah. that is where you post all of the details about where you're going to meet up and where you're going to run. That's honestly really smart. Like, I know that you Dude. said, you don't think that you know what you're doing, but everybody has to start at some place. And I started the Facebook page exactly like that for fun on weekdays. It was just, I had a lot of people messaging me asking to meet up or like, that they were moving to a new city and they wanted advice or whatever. And I was like, oh my gosh, I wish so badly that I could reply to every single person. But what if I just put everybody into one space? And so, I mean, it sounds That's like amazing. it's growing really rapidly. Like people are always talking about your run club. I swear <sighs> every single person that I've talked to that's been like, oh, how's the 5k going? And then we talk about it. Like you should really connect with Renee. Like she has this um, run club. She's on TikTok. I'm like, girl, trust me. I already know Renee. <laughs> I, I check up on her every day. I know what she's doing. <laughs> yeah, no, it's honestly, it's been, it's been so amazing to see like the community grow. And my main inspiration, I think you asked me this maybe earlier and I didn't actually answer was to get the like, okay, so you have a platform, you have followers. Cool. But like, TikTok owns that interaction. So does Instagram. Like, how can we get it off, off the platforms? How can we make that community like real and in person? At the end of the day, I truly feel like everyone who follows me, like, I feel like it's my like number one task is to reply to comments, reply to DMs. Like I try to reply to everything and it drives me crazy that I can't reply to everything, but I try my very freaking best. And like, I feel like every one of those girls I meet, I'm like, you, we could have been friends in high school. Like, you, where were you? Where were you? We could have been best <laughs> friends, you know? Yeah. I'm like, all these girls are just like me. Like, I feel like we're all just the same. And so I'm like, I want to meet you guys. I want to be friends with you guys. I want to be a part of this. So it's like, how can I really make that happen and, you know, real? And so that's why I kind of created the Run Club. And um, a lot of it too is like, it's not supposed to be, I think my biggest thing with like other run clubs that was like a little bit demotivating and not inspiring to me was like, okay guys, like we're going to do eight miles today at a 740 pace. Like that's the vibe. And it's very just like everyone's training for a race, which that's awesome. Like if you, if you like that vibe, that's awesome. But like I said earlier, I don't run to like race. I don't run because like 
I, I'm trying to beat myself or be faster than someone. Like, I don't find that inspiring personally. I'm not saying you can't find that inspiring, but I don't. And so I want to like, if someone just like has never run before and they come to my run club and they walk two miles, like that is more inspiring for me than someone who just did a marathon who's been running their whole life personally. And I might be like wrong, but as someone who never grew up athletic or playing I find that the most inspiring. Like someone just completed their first mile run. Someone just got out and moved their body today after they, they spent a year like never wanting to do so and like hating themselves. Like that is so much more inspiring, mm-hmm. you know? No, definitely. I mean, I, I fully agree with you on both aspects, the in-person community aspect where like you get to meet people that have been visiting yeah. you and you feel like you're friends, but also you can see the direct impact that you're making on someone's life. And it does provide a sense of fulfillment that a lot of times social media kind of sucks from you because social media in general is very mentally draining and a lot of times kind of shallow and materialistic and so focused on numbers and stats and all those things. So when you do take it offline and you have that in-person interaction, it just like, I don't know, it gives the platform and everything else the purpose. So a hundred percent. I feel the same way, Jenna. I'm glad that you're doing what you're doing. I think it's so inspiring. And it honestly, I mean, I think you've probably seen this too. I think the hardest thing about it is logistically finding a way to make everyone happy. Because when you throw an event, you're taking the responsibility of like making it fun, making it cool, making it like worthwhile. And it's hard because someone's probably going to expect, you know, the world from you and you can't, you know, you have other people to manage. And, you know, a lot of times, like I can't personally DM everyone back. Hey, you know, here's this, here's that, like, here's the address. Here's this, like meet here. Here's an update. Like it's sometimes tough and I try my best and I'm sure you do too, but that can be something that's like really tough, you know? I think also from the logistic standpoint is just making it financially like responsible, you know, because the more you travel and you go to these different cities, it's hard because you pick the date that works for like your schedule. And then a lot of people can't come. And then like, you need, you want to add more tickets so that people can come. But then when you add more tickets, then you don't have as much supplies. You don't have as much food. And then it like lowers the, the quality of the event. So it's just constantly managing those expectations of what people want. And, you know, when you're always listening to that and you're always trying to provide for everyone to be happy, sometimes it's kind of like a dead end street because not everyone is always going to be hundred percent happy, but I just try to think about the positive is that if majority of the people here enjoyed their time, they did something new, they met a new friend or like they just literally, they came alone and they found the courage to do that. That to me is a win. Versus like maybe yep. a couple people here or there that wished that they would have gotten like a little something more or, you know, hundred percent. So it's just, and I can make everyone happy and you can just do as much as you try. You can't. And that's something that you see on social media as well. Obviously like with hate comments and hate and whatever, like you see that on social media. So why would you not see that in a real person? I think it just like, and I've talked about this with my manager. I think it just hurts more. Like if something goes wrong in person, in real life, or even online, like, it it feels like a personal attack and it's like you try to do your best you know and like you could like not be throwing these events you know you could not you know be donating you cannot you know but like when you're trying your best and someone still finds a way to like turn that or twist that it just it really stings like it really really stings you know yeah well it's hard too when your job is like your your personal life essentially it 
it's a, it is personal. Like the negative comments yeah. are sometimes personal because it's so closely correlated to you, but I just want to finish things up here by asking you a couple more questions. And this is just like quick responses. So first question, favorite pair of Hoka's. <laughs> um, currently the Mach five, they're my favorite speed shoe and they're just like comfy. Like I could do a long distance in them, ran my half marathon in them. Love them. Okay. Least favorite. Our, our Rahi six, the Rahi six. I'm like, I just felt like it was a flop in the way of like, oh my gosh, so many people are going to hate me for this. Cause like, it's actually a really popular one, but for some reason I just don't like it. Like, I'm like, it's just like an in-between between like not cushion enough. It's just like, I don't know. It's not my favorite. <laughs> I just don't like it. Okay. <laughs> and then favorite activewear brand, like for clothes. Dang, dang. That's tough, dude. Honestly, I don't know. I, I wear something different in every single item. I would say, honestly, I don't know why I want to say Viore. Okay. Viore maybe, even though I don't even have a ton of Viore stuff, but if I have to think like everything, I say Viore. Okay. Best watch for running. Garmin Venue 2 Plus, wearing it right here. It's the best. That's what I have. Yes. Oh, my, oh my God. Wait, I feel so cool knowing that we match. I had the exact same <laughs> one. Is it the, is it the white one with like the kind of rose gold? Yep. We match. Love. Don't you I love the sleep and everything? Yeah, I do. I do. I love the stress mode. I've, I've talked about it. I think on every podcast ever since I got it, I think it's so oh cool. God. It's so cool. I know like, Oh, like medium stress. Like what? Like how, you know, I, I know. It's and so it's cool. so accurate too. I'm like, that's wild. Um, okay. Best headphones, AirPods, like just the classic AirPods, not the maxes. I'm so sorry. I hate, but the maxes. It, I hate them. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Like literally they always fall off my head I think I just have a weird shaped head but like <laughs> I would never run in them in a million years and you told me I had to run a half marathon in airpod maxes I think it would ball my eyes out yeah I've been running with my head uh my corded headphones lately because the oh, yeah. maxes are so horrible and they slide forward and then they like mess up your hair and then your hair is in your face I just don't like them I just don't like them. they're not worth the money and they're so expensive too they're like five hundred dollars it's not worth it so it's not worth the money not worth um the money. and do you take pre-workout um okay i drink energy drinks so i guess yes it doesn't have like beta alanine in it the stuff that makes you tingle because i hate that stuff so that's like why i usually lean away from like pre-workout um from like the scoop powder stuff i i drink like a highball that's like my favorite thing in the world but it's discontinued now so that kind of sucks or like a c4 or um a myeline like i just love drinks okay i'm a drink okay. So we're going with the energy drink route. Those are your three favorites. And then yep. my last question is what is your go-to running song? Oh, dude, that's you have a tough. great playlist. Seriously, the playlist like changed <gasps> my mood when I was running. I would say either Superhero by Metro Boomin and 21 Savage or The Motto by, um, oh my gosh, Tiesto. And I, I believe like there's another singer on it, but Tiesto, yeah, The Motto. I Wait. love like- I. I'm like a rap girl or like EDM, like vibes. Okay. There's no, there's no slow songs on that playlist. I apologize. There's probably some curse words. I'm sorry, but it's like, we're going absolutely hype the whole time. There is no like beach house, sad vibes, Laney. No, absolutely not. I don't like that vibe either. I usually listen to, <laughs> I always feel so cheesy when I say it, but I always listen to big booty mix only because <laughs> it just, the song changes every like 20 to 30 seconds. And so yes. if I ever like want to kind of slow down, I just match my pace to the beat of the music because the, the BPM like changes throughout. So I really like yeah. it, but 
in its hour. Like you don't have to put the thought into making a playlist, but we'll link your yep. playlist for anyone that wants to run um, to it. it. That's kind of the end of it. I had, I know we covered so many topics, but it was great to just finally sit down and chat with you. I know girls are going to be so excited that you're on the podcast this week. I'm so excited that you asked me, Jenna, and I feel like we are one in the same in a lot of things. Like you are, you just have such a good soul and you're so amazing. And, um, I just feel like we, you know, kind of see things a lot of the same way. And I feel like we're already friends in person. I feel like we are too. You let me know when you're in Austin. I'll let you know when I'm in Utah and maybe we tag team the next fun on weekdays, 5k X Let's Renee. <laughs> I'll get people that Jenna, I will. You don't have to worry about that. I will yes. get people there. <laughs> well, we'll see how the first one goes and then we'll decide if we're going to do a second. But thank you so much for joining. And I hope you all you. enjoyed this episode. I will talk to everyone next Tuesday. <laughs> Bye. Thank you.